Welcome to the Mom Halo Show with me, your host, Alana Kafitz. I'm a mom of three kiddos, a lover of life, and a jet setter with a passion for parenting and comedy. As a mom, I know the juggling act of family life like the back of my hand. I'm also running a business, running all the after-school programming, doing bedtimes, planning vacations. It's a whirlwind of laughter, love, and chaos. But guess what? Life is more than just diapers, snack time, and plans. It's about curiosity, adventure, and embracing every moment. I've been through a lot in the past few years, navigating motherhood, facing the highest of highs, and surviving the lowest of lows. I'm going to draw on my lived experiences to help form our conversations with our guests. This podcast is all about giving you the best and most up-to-date information featuring experts on subjects you want to know about. Best of all, this year, I want you to be part of the conversation. That's right. We're going to be crowdsourcing questions from all of our incredible listeners. So be sure to slide into our DMs throughout our Instagram channels at the mom halo so you can be a co-host asking questions and getting answers if you love this podcast please share this wildly out into the world these conversations can simply set a new course for somebody in their lives let's get to it this I'm is a so new sorry. season and uh <laughs> you're really funny um so welcome this is the mom halo show uh I'm, yeah i was elena capitz and Today, we have um, a fan favorite, Kyla Thomas. I always say it wrong. Thomas. Thompson. Thompson. Why don't I have a P? No P. There's no P. Kyla Thompson. I knew I was going to say it wrong because I always remember that there's something missing. Like Tom. Okay. Got it. We were we were um, actually married as a Thomas. Our, uh, our pastor that married us is like, I now pronounce you Kyla and Lyle Thomas. And we're like, no, it's Thompson. <laughs> uh, well, Kai, always a pleasure to have you on. Um, mm-hmm. Let's just take it from the top for anyone who doesn't know who you are, who you are, yeah. where you're from, and like elevator pitch of who you, what your story is. For sure. I am a teacher turned medical mom turned content creator from Saskatchewan, Canada where I live on an acreage with my brave daughter, Bella, and my son, Waylon, and my husband, Lyle. And uh, we have quite a big following on TikTok and Instagram now. Um, and it's mostly due, you know, it started with my my need and my my drive to, you know, seek help and understanding for the medical tragedies my daughter had gone through from birth. And uh, it turned into something greater and something better and something that I hope lasts for a lifetime where Bella and I want to share our brave and help other people be brave. I love that so much. So um, I I know Kyla and, and Bella from obviously um, a few in different intersections, but I think I started yeah. following you on TikTok and then we ended up becoming sort of medical mama friends because we are we are both that and then um your long sort of extended stays at sick kids we became friendly and I've always had you on my podcast annually so um frankly because your story is so fascinating so the 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 sort of synopsis of chapter one and two um go for it and then let's go to chapter three so what has happened and what is (laughs) what's happening uh now go for it all right, chapter one and two, a brief overview. 
Go for it. <laughs> this is so challenging all the time. I'm like, I'm going to get better at this the more I say. Um, so Bella was born with three very rare conditions um, in our province of Saskatchewan with no children's hospital. We were shipped to Alberta Children's. And essentially, they helped us for a decade try and figure out Bella's bowel condition, which was Hirschsprung's. It was the epitome of all of the surgeries she's had, which is over 30 thousands of nights spent in hospital. Very rare kiddo. And we never went home after she was born for two years straight, just lived in hospital. From there, we continued to learn what her rare conditions actually meant, which was also skid and dwarfism. Skid is no immune system. Um, Dwarfism not affecting her in any other way other than physically in most most ways. Um, And the other two very, very medically. Uh, So we basically, you know, we were thrown into the medical world, the hospital life and lived it and learned how to ride that wave the best to our ability. And that's how Bella Brave came to be our our social. Um, Because my daughter really showed me what what Brave is and we wanted to help others. Um, From there, we move on to chapter two, which was when her medical teams from Sick Kids and Alberta and Saskatchewan all had said, okay, she's not going to survive without a bowel transplant. At this point, she was surviving off of IV fluids and ran out of vascular access to support those IV fluids she needed to live. So they had said, okay, 2020, she needs a bowel transplant or she's not going to live for the next five to 10 years. And at the beginning of 2023, we actually came to a point where they said, we have to delist her. The transplant is not possible. She has no vascular access. Um, That was a couple months of sheer fear and hell that we lived through at the beginning of 2023. And thankfully, chapter three starts with uh, that um, changing and her bowel transplant happening. Oh my God. I can't. I'm like, I'm so overwhelmed with emotion for you. Um, what a trip girl. Yeah. That was yeah. really good. By the way. Great summary. Is that a good summary? Um, oh, yes. Yeah. You it's, got it's, it. It's, I mean, it's our life is so rare. You know, there's been so many times where I'm just like, it's been a decade. People are tired of hearing this. And I'm like, how can I say it differently, more impactful? Um, Cause really right. it's just like, there's no one else out there that's that's lived this type of life, but there's so many people out there that have connections to it. Yeah. I, it's remarkable. And honestly, like I hats off to you as a fellow medical mom who is just, you know, four years into this journey. It's a it's a freaking shit show um, at the best of times. And, uh, you know, I feel like you almost had this like arc happen where it was like so hard and then you came to this crux now we are sort of coming down off the arc so so tell us about the most recent bowel transplant because we haven't spoken since then so you sort of had this yeah walk us through and go into detail i'm happy for you to tell the story what so so you don't think there's going to be a bowel transplant at the beginning of 2023 we're not the beginning of 2024 and she's had one so what happened yeah yeah definitely i um that transition was so hard it was just a major test of faith where i'm just like I have fought so hard to stay positive and stay brave for my daughter. And now, you know, we're on year 10 and it's really like, okay, 
prove yourself, prove you're going to stay this way, prove that you are going to show your daughter what she can do no matter what happens in life. And I had to really take a second look at like, okay, I'm, I'm faced with medical professionals telling me even after all the miracles that have happened in her life, I'm faced with them telling me like, uh, your child is not going to live. And thinking that all through my life, I feel like the only way I knew how to cope being a medical mom with her uh, is to force myself to think positive. Because I knew the second I tipped over and started with all the what ifs, it it was game over for me. And it was just basically, the only way I could describe it at that point is uh, put on your best poker face. You are not going to let your daughter believe that this will actually happen. So you need to believe this won't happen and have faith and have hope until the bitter end. <laughs> and I just yeah. stuck with that as best I could. And uh, and they relifted her. And it was every day, like I can't even describe the gutting feeling every morning I would wake up not knowing if her line was going to take it all away. So they relisted her because they found a large collateral. Um, Her SVC, like all of her vascular system that leads to the top of her heart, which is where you need to have IV access, was gone, is scarred up from 15 previous central lines. Her body developed a large collateral. And they say large collateral, but it's actually super, super, super small. Like it's not meant for... IV access. But they were, they figured sick kids is like, okay, we could use this anyway. We're going to use this. This is her last chance at survival. So we went to sick kids and they put that in. And then, and that was about, um, like we got home end of June. So, uh, two months before her, the call for her transplant, we had this new line in this collateral and, um, it just every day, you know, this might have been the 10th line she had had at that point of um, maybe not 10th, but she would had a few since she was listed for a bowel transplant. And they mm-hmm. had told me, you know, she needs this line to get a bowel transplant. So this one was it. It was like, if it's not this one, she's not getting it. The, like it was a race against time. So every morning I'm caring for the central line in her arm. And hoping and praying that it works that day. We're going to the hospital daily for TPA locks. So I wasn't, they almost allowed me to do it, but it's something a pediatrician yeah. doctor has to do where you lock the line. They use it on yeah. uh, kidney dialysis patients. And um, we were using that daily with her. And I'm just, it was just every day. It was like, will this be the day? Is the this day going to be the, the, yeah. Is this day going to be the death sentence day? Or are right. we going to get the call? Every day living with that was horrible in my mind. It was just, yeah, it's indescribable. So um, in August, we got the call at noon. Uh, We were all at home. Dad was at work. And uh, I mean, anytime our transplant nurse calls, it could be anything from like changing meds to uh, booking our next appointment. Um, And so I, you know, she just started it. Like she typically does like, Hey, how are you doing? It's like, good. She's like, and, and then she said, as I'm cutting carrots, I <laughs> put the knife down, but she's like, um, we have, uh, bowels for Bella. 
Oh and God. I, I mean, Bella couldn't hear this. She was sitting at the table eating lunch and she, she just saw my face and she's like, is that the call? Did we get the call? Am I getting new bowels? And this, and the nurse is talking to me. I was like, ah, yeah. I'm just looking at her like, yes, yes. Like I'm mouthing yes. And she's like, she sits up and she's like, yes. And she just cheers. And then Waylon's in the living room like, what, what? It's like, do I get, do I still get to go play at Garrett? And I'm like, nobody's there. We're going, we're leaving. And he was just like, so he's bawling. Bella and I are cheering. And it's just like, call dad. Oh, oh my so God. So it was just like, yeah. And, um, it was amazing. And, and, uh, just from like, I, I often compare it to the first call we got. Cause the first call we got in December of 2022, um, they got us all the way to surgery prep and said, sorry, the organs are not viable. Um, I remember that. So this, yeah. So this time I'm thinking, okay, this could happen again. Prep Bella for that. Prep her for it. But stay positive. Uh, but like it was just this t- like this toss up of emotions where I'm just like, okay, this second I'm gonna be just like so pumped, and this second I'm gonna be like, holy crap, this means someone else is losing their child. Yeah. Um. So it, it's just a mumble jumble of like big emotions coming at me. Um. And I now looking back from the moment we got the call to getting to Toronto to getting admitted at sick kids, everything felt smooth. It felt, Mm. this is super cliche, but it felt um, uh, like not meant to be, but like it was easy. It like even Mm. to the point where it's like what had happened with the first call is we all, we always knew from the beginning since they prepped us for this call is okay. Only one parent can go in the air ambulance. When you go, you have to have your one bag and get on that plane and go because you only have so many hours to get to sick kids. Uh, But this time, you know, we, with the way the flights work, we were able to drive to Saskatoon and go from there. It, it um, meant actual less travel time for Bella. If we drove to Saskatoon versus the plane coming to Swift Kurt and then back to Saskatoon and then going to Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up getting a larger plane from the Toronto team that picked us up right in Saskatoon. And it was a, it was a larger uh, jet and uh, the pilot checked in and he's like, you know what? Dad can come too. That's totally fine. We have room. Um, so just the, you know, just that alone was amazing. I mean, last time. Wow. Well, I mean, there's been lots of trips to Calgary too for emergency surgeries where it's, you know, Lyle doesn't know if he's going to see her again. And that, I can't imagine how difficult that could be for him. So we were really happy he could just come. But all in all, everything went very, very smooth right up and to and past uh, transplant. My God, Kyla, what a story. I mean, I have so many shivers, like just you telling it because I mean... And also so many questions, but primarily yeah. like um, that dual experience of being like, this is now, like it's go time. We are getting on this plane. I remember seeing the video and it happening so fast that you were sharing it. I was like, holy fuck. I remember as a yeah. fan and like as a friend, I was like, holy fuck, this is, this is happening and feeling, you know, all sorts of ways about it for you. Um, yeah. And then, so you get to Toronto and you're going for this and 
I feel like you keep saying like this felt smooth. Um, yeah. And I know for myself, maybe you, this can resonate with you or other, other medical parents listening, but like when things feel smooth, it's like, when's the other shoe going to drop? Like it's yeah. never smooth. Why is it smooth now? So tell us about the, the rest of it. Like it continued to be smooth. Explain a bit more what happened next. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, we get to Saskatoon. We have, everything was just so, so smooth. It felt like we were floating. We felt like it was a fairy tale. And given our experience the first time, the first call, I was like, I kept telling myself, I shouldn't be feeling this good. I should be feeling scared that it's just going to fall through. And I never, I never had that. It, it just didn't come in my mind. I don't know if I didn't let it. God didn't let it. It just didn't. And I just rode that wave because I'm like, good, good. We're going to keep riding this wave. Things are good because this is my daughter's chance at survival. Um. So we got on the plane um, and, you know, even like I found this out later, um, we had the the medical team at the at the air ambulance, you know, they we kept our car there and we gave them the keys to give to our friend in Saskatoon to pick up our car. Uh, they ended up detailing my car interior before my friend came to pick it up. They like they cleaned my car oh my like they didn't have to do that. <laughs> I mean, that's really nice. As somebody who has a very messy car, I really appreciate that. That's yeah. it. Like, just, you know, wow. people going out of their way. Yeah, that just did, you know, they didn't have to do that. They could have been like, hey, that's taken up a parking space for one of our pilots. Like, get your car out of here. No, right. they chose to yeah. detail it and just little things like that. And um, so we have a super smooth flight. Everything went amazing. We land in uh, Toronto. Uh, we take the ambulance to the hospital um and which was another different it was kind of funny because the first time they they have this uh not an ambulance service it's kind of like a celebrity car it's like one of those big jacks like all blacked out like subarus like our you know the, mm -hmm. I, th I thought the first time we got the call i thought this is strange shouldn't we be in an ambulance but it was kind of just like a system they had to get us from the airport to the hospital to kids. Um, mm -hmm. But this time it was an actual ambulance. So I'm like, okay, this feels mm -hmm. more legit. Not only does it feel smooth, it feels more legit. So whatever yeah. reason they actually had us go in an ambulance. Um, and then we pull up and uh, some things I didn't, I didn't realize is that um, they do only have so many hours of making sure the organs are viable and usable. But in this, this time they had, they had time. Things were okay. Where sometimes it's like, no, these organs are not going to make it. You need to get the kid in the OR now. Whereas this time it wasn't the case. They were very stable. Um, and so we got there on the 15th, got the call, got there on the 15th. And Bella had her transplant on the 17th. So we actually had a day in there. Didn't feel like a day. It felt like five seconds. But we actually had a day in there hmm. for her prep. Um, and everything with that went smooth as well. Um, and I guess it didn't really feel like a full day either. Cause we got there super late on the 15th. And then um, also, which was really smooth and helpful is uh, because Lyle was with me, when you have a situation like this, um, they allow both parents to stay bed bedside. So that was also really comforting and really helpful that Lyle and I both got to stay with Bella in hospital that night. Um, mm -hmm. The next day was 
just prep and and then uh the morning of the 17th everything started at like four or five in the morning um they wanted to get her in the or by eight uh Mm -hmm. so yeah it just there was lots of time to feel like the ball was going to drop and it just didn't and uh from there we all were none of us were nervous we were all just feeling very happy for bella very smooth yeah um transition of events there wasn't a scary moment there wasn't anything that um it you know honestly it gave me a lot of time to think about the donor's family and yeah. because at this at this point i'm not sharing on socials i'm waiting at with advice from her medical team like you you got to wait at least a week before you post anything just out of respect to the donor family. So I'm waiting and I have lots of time to think. And I'm like, okay, how do I want to share? How do I want to help our followers and viewers really understand how this process works? So I was really happy I actually could take time to think about that because I felt at that time that's what mattered most. I mean, of course, my daughter's life matters, but I can't compare that to someone actually losing their child. I haven't had... I've never never had to experience that yet. So I cannot sit here and say... You know, I'm in a worse spot. Someone just lost their kid. Um, yeah. So I was, you know, that gave me time to focus on that. And uh, the morning of the surgery came and uh, Bella was just, she was just happy. She wasn't, I mean, she's, she's had 30 surgeries, but she's, she wasn't in any way fearful, um, worried about anything. She was just very, she knew what this meant for her. She knew what it meant for her. And she was like this calm happiness. And we, her, Lal and I, like we had some time in the waiting room, just the three of us before she went into the OR, just this tiny little room with her in her gown. And we were, we were joking. We were laughing. Um, her cousins sent her a video, a real funny video. So we sent them one back and it was just, it was hilarious. Um, just to, to laugh and kid with them. Um, you know, of course, talking to our parents, grandma and grandpa, all that. Uh, it, it was just like, none of it was rushed. None of it was scary. None of it was like the first call. Um, we just had time to be in the moment and take advantage of everything. Because still in the back of our heads, will she survive the surgery? For parents who are committed to raising resilient musical kids, the Lane School of Music is ready to help your child harness their inner musician. With piano, violin, cello, guitar, ukulele, and voice lessons, each child can find an instrument that lets them shine. Our expert staff will guide you in choosing an instrument, finding a teacher, and getting the things you need to start your child on their musical journey. Music lessons at the Lane School of Music are always fun and tailor-made for each individual mini-musician. Book your free trial lesson today at laneschoolofmusic.com. That's L-A-N-E schoolofmusic.com. Are you ready to go from overwhelmed to empowered? Revive and Thrive is a four-week online journey to finding more energy and a steady mood for moms. This accessible and self-directed program is packed with expert advice from a naturopathic doctor to help you optimize your diet, up-level your stress management, get a better night's sleep, create a realistic exercise routine, and more. 
you'll discover the small and sustainable lifestyle changes that will help you feel more balanced, vibrant, and even keeled all day long with practical tips designed to be implemented with ease. Visit AlexaToronto, T-O-R-O-N-T-O-W, dot com for more information and use code MOMHALO for 50% off the program if you book before October 15th, 2024. If you're overwhelmed, overstimulated, and feeling totally stuck in your home, let me introduce you to Wellnested Living. Specialists in home organization, decluttering, design, and DIY, they turn chaos into order, optimizing your space so you can feel calmer and well-nested. Trust me when I say you need to get them in your home. Rarely do we assess our everyday environment, being the home, as a tool or a detractor to thrive as parents, and even less prevalent is the permission to call in help this way. Let's change that. They service homes across the GTA, Halton, and surrounding area and offer virtual consulting and coaching for those less accessible. Visit them at wellnestedliving.ca or on Instagram at well.nested.living to learn more about their services and see the transformations for yourself. Use code MOMHALO to claim $50 off any in-home service booked. You deserve to feel well-nested. Um, which is like a whole nother story of that, yeah. which I am excited to carry on with unless you have something you want to jump in for. But the next No, no, I like, love that. I mean, I think for me, yeah. what's interesting about those moments is like, as a medicalized person who has had so much access to knowing like what is an exception and what isn't, it's those exceptional mm-hmm. exceptionalities and and the procedures to me that are make me take pause. So like you just said, yeah. for instance, like you and Lyle yeah. both stayed bedside. Like I've never yeah. heard of that before. So yeah. as a medicalized parent, like to me, that's sort of like you're damned if you do or you're damned. You know. Okay. So it's like a beautiful thing. You're both saying bedside, but what does that actually mean? Right. It means like this could be yeah. her final moments. Right. So like yeah. for me, it's like the first time I ever got um, a palliative team involved with us. Right. It was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like I'm seeing nooks and crannies of the hospital or having meetings with people I have never met before. And I thought I'd seen it all, but I obviously had not. So I feel like to me, like you've given these small like anecdotal mm-hmm. moments leading up to it, people don't really understand the magnitude. So I'm just shedding light on like one thing you said that was like, to yeah. me, took yeah. pause. Cause I was like, oh my God, I've never stayed bedside with my spouse before. What that must've been like. And then you were saying like, you know, I love, I think your attitude and Bella's attitude and the inspiration and the fandom and, and the celebrity ship about you is the positivity, right? It is the laughter. It is the comedy in the, in the coping. Um, and I obviously, you know, really resonate with that. And I think that's the thing that makes it so exceptional is that you are sort of fucking positive, like all of the time. And yeah. she is so such a, dy- a dynamo, right? Like a charismatic, yeah. petite, unique, you know, individual. And she is such an individual. And it's not just like, she's not just like a sick kid. She's an extraordinary child, right? So when you have, ex- when she's exceptional in her personality and who, who she is, you know, and I remember seeing you guys, I think shortly before or after in person. And she's like, yeah. mommy, who's that? Yeah. And I was like, you're like, oh, it's Alana, remember from Mom Halo podcast? She's like, oh. She's like, Mom, it's time to go. We need to skedaddle. She like <laughs> wanted her snack right then. She did not give two shits about your little socializing with me. Time to skedaddle. No. She needed her snack. And I was like, that's Bella. Yeah. She does not give an F about anybody. Yeah. And I, yeah. I love that about her. She's so, so exceptional. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it, yeah, she is 
Yeah. In so many ways of what you just said. Exactly. Spot on. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about the humor. Tell us about the laughter. Like what, what does that mean for you? What is the humor and the laughter and the comedy and the, what, just, it, yeah. what does it represent for you? Oh gosh. It, if, I don't know if anyone else can agree with this, but really for me, it's, it's how I survive. If, if I can't find humor, if I can't find a laugh or something in it, why am I here? Why am I here? If you can't smile, if you can't push through, expect joy or want, like, do you even want joy? It, to me, it's just like, it's a no brainer. It's like, you, you got to have laughter. You got to have humor because things are always going to be freaking hard. Always. They're going to be worse for you or they're going to be worse for someone else. Doesn't matter. Things are going to be freaking hard. You got to find time to, to be happy or laugh at something for even a moment in time. And it, it helps. It always helped me. I've been a lover, like even before I've had kids, I've been a lover of comedy. Like stand up yeah. comedians are my jam. I watch Who's your favorite. Uh, oh gosh. Uh, um, okay. Uh, now I'm going to forget all their names. <laughs> um, it's okay. I'll let you think about it. Yeah, but like for example, like I I love Jerry. Jerry is like number one to me. Um, Seinfeld, of course, and uh, I would watch every night. I would watch you know, riding, going for coffee, riding in cars, like that show, that comedy show that he has. I love that. Um, Oh gosh, there's so many. I should give you a whole list. I can't think of off the top of my head. It's a hard question. You know, when I went to for yourself, I mean, now that we're we're talking, my next question for you which this leads to a bit is, mm. you know, um, I, I did a comedy school program for myself. Like I went to second <gasps> city in Toronto for no a way. year and I did all the <gasps> comedy writing. Yeah. And for me, Kai, like I also love the comedy and to me, that's like, you know, the yeah. edutainment part for me is about being hilarious yeah. and finding the humor in the day. Um, yeah. so for me, that was very cathartic was learning to write stand up comedy was one of the best things we've ever done. And the first day the teacher said, <gasps> who's your favorite comedian? And everyone panicked. They're like, who am I going to say? What does this mean about me? Like, and people panicked know, about right? who their favorite com- comedian comedian was um and I've sort of like you know really become a huge fan and a and a student of a lot of comedians since then um because it helps my storytelling and it's very cathartic for me you know um so I think it's interesting so so we don't have like oh my god I think you need a podcast I think we should co-host a few podcast series just on interviewing you and me and having a conversation and then bringing in other medical minds uh, moms, so 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 yes. you're there. You're 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 doing the comedy thing. You're making people laugh. The social media is like on fire every single day. Um, yeah. Why do you think people love you and Bella so much? What what do you think it, it's about you guys that people are so drawn to your TikTok and your Instagram? Why the fandom? I've I've had like a lot. You know, I'll, I'll rely on my husband a lot to tell me this too because I'm just like. Why? I really want to know because I want to give people more of it. I know what they do for me. I know they help me heal. Um, when I t- when I share our story and they say this helped me, but I'm just I want to know the why too. And so from my friends or from my family, when I ask them, a lot of them, a lot of them tell me uh, first off, it's because they see that we're real. Like, and and I get that because from the moment of our socials getting larger and larger and larger. I've, I've always looked at other socials and I'm like, okay, what can I learn from them? How can I make mine a bit better? Cause I've never been a real techie person. I'm always kind of learning as I go. 
Um, and I remember just seeing things online, seeing on other socials where I'm just like, Ooh, that's cringy. I'm not, not doing that. And I just stuck with it. Um, you know, and we're not only real in the moment for me, that means simple things. Like I'll pop on, like if Bella wants to do a TikTok or make a video, or we just have something we want to say and get it out. I don't stop and like do my hair and my makeup first. I just go on there. Like probably 10, there's probably five or 10 of our first TikToks where I'm like, I don't even have makeup on. <laughs> I'm just like, whatever, we're having fun. No one needs to stop and make sure they look good. You know, and that's just kind of always been my attitude. Um, apart from that, I've, uh, I mean, we live a medical life. I, I am a teacher, which I think my background helps with, but I'm always very uh, cautious of how I share and what I share. Um, and I think a lot of people get that and they want more of that because number one, um, I don't share to just complain. Yes, we have real shitty days, real crap ass days. Um, but I don't, I don't want to go on to just complain. Yeah. I always will try and reword it or rephrase it in a way that's more positive, but still expresses the problem. Um, and I, I don't set up for sympathy. I, I don't, I think that's cringy. I can't put the camera in a certain spot and say, Bella stand this way, or I have to be at this angle like that. I'm just like, no, I can't do it. I got, I, I got to just be in the moment. If it's mm -hmm. my phone camera, that's, that's what I got. That's all you get. I don't have my light. I don't have someone else taking photos for me. For the, it, it's really funny that way because for the first, like, I think year or two, especially on TikTok, so many were, it's <laughs> kind of funny. I laugh about it. Lyle and I both laugh about it, but there was like millions of people that didn't think Bella had a dad. Because <laughs> I've always taken like, like, you know, selfie mode. Cause I'm like, I don't got anybody to hold the camera like yeah <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> so it's kind of funny that way but it it proves to people like we just do things in the moment with what we got um and that's it that what you see is what you get with us and I think that yeah. that helps a lot of people um because there's so much on socials and medias these days that are so hard to deal with you don't know what's real there's so much especially with AI now you know like yeah is this this person talking or is it a computer talking like yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny to me. I find like, um, I was part of a CBC uh, interview last year and it was about sharenting, which is the word for, I guess, like parents sharing their kids, everything, like their mm -hmm. first step and their first tooth and their first candle. And there was a, um, there's like this woman on TikTok who's a huge proponent of um, basically how some parents exploit their kids for brand deals. And she was lobbying actually the United States government to bypass a regulation that if parents are making money off their kids by Instagram, YouTube, whatever, that basically yeah. um, social media families have to use their... Um, pay their kids or like get actors rights for them as a result of leveraging their kids. So I sort of was like the other side of the conversation, like some parents, and I sort of said like, as a medicalized mom, I for a long time was sharing deep intimate details of my son's medical journey because um, I was frankly looking for other people who, who also had been through yeah. it, but I needed to yeah. share those things. 
since then I've like really peeled back for other reasons um, of having my kids on social media. Yeah. But yeah. what do you think about this whole, um, I don't say exploitation, but about, um, you know, Bella's obviously very unique looking and she has such a unique story. Like, do you ever yeah. get feedback um, of that nature and how do you handle those conversations? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I've, I've never had that question on my socials. Like, are you exploiting your kid for money? I've had it. I've had those, but I've also con- consistently had those questions with my husband and my family. And I'm like, am I doing this right? Is this okay? Um, and thankfully when I have brand partner deals with foundations like sick kids hospital, Jim Pattison's, yeah. um, yeah. Alberta children's Ronald McDonald house charities, that aligns. Right. Um, right. But it's also been like, it, you know, we've never, we never started doing this for money. If I could phrase it that way, it's yeah. been like, for me, it's been a cry for help. Like, Hey, this is what we're going through. Can you help us? And then that turned into, yes, I can help you. By the way, this is my medical story. You're also helping me. And then that's how me, that's been my whole purpose as a medical mom. Like, okay, I can share what we're going through. I can ask for help and also help others. And in turn, that heals me. That's been my drive. That's been my motivation. From there, with my super outgoing daughter, who is wants to grow up and be an actress now, who has always loved being in front of the camera, dancing, singing, no matter what. I mean, I think I birthed her confidence from, you know, fear of, okay, she's not only growing up in a, a crazy world, she has so many medical challenges. She has dwarfism, so she's little. She's super smart. People are going to be so confused and they're going to have questions. And from the beginning, I'm like, I don't want her bombarded with those questions. So I'm going to take that place. I'm going to go online and I'm going to educate people. So my background of also having an education background, being a teacher, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to educate people so that when she grows up, people aren't bombarding her with questions or comments that are hurtful, but they'll understand what she's been through and what you know, her conditions are. And for me, that's always been my drive for sharing is, okay, if I can share with people what she's going through, um, because not only are her medical challenges extremely rare, um, you know, she's also little. And our world just doesn't understand. They just don't understand. I mean, I've been doing this, I've been doing this for a decade now, trying to educate people so that she doesn't have to deal with the questions or the rude comments when she's older. And, and I will take that hit for her every day for the rest of her yeah. life. But in the sidelines, I'm also teaching her to remain confident, stick up for herself and realize the amount of, um, you can't always control what people are going to do. You can't always control it. Can't control what they're going to say, what they're going to type. And so just now that she's older, I'm helping her deal with that. But in terms of, monetization and making money from it I feel like with with our story is just so unique I don't know how to compare it to other people because you know we started out with friends and family starting fundraisers for her knowing that we lived in hospital for two years who else do you know as a mom spent the first two years in life of their baby's life in hospital right Mm -hmm. so um I'd have friends 
so unique. So I'd have friends and family want to support us that way with fundraisers. Um, of course, I lost my job, right? I I couldn't teach. Um, even when I tried to go back to teaching, the hospital we were always dragged back to hospital. So my income was taken from me because of me being a medical mom, because of Bella's needs. I needed to be by her side. Um, and so I was constantly thinking, okay, like my husband is at home. Now we have another kid. I I didn't want to give on hope up hope for supporting my family either. So yeah. I did research. I talked to my family. I talked to my friends. Um, I I believe I did it the right way, where when opportunities came up to modernize anything that has to do with our socials, I made sure I wanted to do it the right way. Um, yeah, so that I think that's me, why people yeah. really like you is because you, you're yeah. not cringy and because you are an alpha mom and you're doing it with heart and you're coming from the right place. And I yeah. also think, and this is my argument entirely, is that like, frankly, so many of the content creators are women. And this mm-hmm. is like a female dominated industry where women are creative enough to monetize social media. And if it's a feminist issue, because to me, if this was dads doing it, no one would criticize for them making six figures using social media because women are doing it. It's questioning their integrity or their ability to earn. I say power to us because we figured it out. Right. So, um, I we beat power the to you, honestly. We beat the system, power to <laughs> us, you know, and yeah. for medicalized people like us, especially, like we have to work for ourselves because no one else yeah. can give us the opportunities we need and the flexibility we need to be on call 24-7 at yeah. drop of a hat to be bedside for God knows how long. So I yeah. say power well, and the F to you. Exactly. And I mean, uh, another part that people might not see is the flexibility this gives me having my daughter in and out of hospital constantly. I, I could no longer hold a nine to five job. I couldn't hold a nine to 10 job. So, you know, the flexibility, I was like, okay, I need to harness this. I need to use this because I can be by my daughter's side as much as she needs. And thank God I did because it's been a decade. Could you imagine not being able to work for 10 years? Yeah. Right. And then apart from that, number one for me has always been if, you know, like I'm moving on to keynote speaking. I know Bella's getting older. I understand there's going to be a time where she's like, "Eh, I don't feel like doing this anymore, mom. Um, But I've kept that mindset from day one. So if anything involves her, it's up to her. So I've taught her from day one. And I tell her from the way, if we're doing a TikTok for a brand or a company, I tell her, I'm like, this is what we're making. This is what goes into your savings account. This is why we're doing it. First of all, the the why, you know, are yeah. we helping other kids? Are we helping other families in Royal McDonald houses? Are we helping other kids in hospital? Are we helping other kids have fun? So we always talk yeah. about the why. And then uh, most importantly, do you want to do this? Um, and when do you want to do this? So there mm. are so many days before her transplant, she would feel like absolute crap every day because her old bowels were just draining her body. And I would literally juggle timeframes where it's, you know, and I'm so thankful for companies that were um, flexible because, you know, we'd want to do 
Um, we did uh, just something like fun. We had Mattel reach out to me. They emailed me and they're like, uh, we'd like to know if you and Bella want to do a TikTok for Monster High Dolls. And thank God they were flexible. They're like, yes, we want to pay you for this. Um, and and I'm like, okay, thanks, guys. This is amazing. Yes, Bella wants to do this. Um, but just keep in mind, we have to do this on the day she's feeling good. And I mean, a lot of, you know, not everybody gets to see my negotiations with these companies that are paying us to do videos. Uh, but uh, that was always been number one to me. Like, if Bella wants to be part of it, and when she wants to be a part of it was always number one for me. So um, that yeah. might be something in the background. I think it's not amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so people don't um, understand what happens yeah. in the background. And no, I think what's no. interesting about this conversation is people don't understand what happens in those moments in between when you're not sharing. And, you know, you do share quite yes. a bit, which I think yeah. people love, but it's the moments that yeah. you don't share that I think are so telling. And that's why I'm so happy we're discussing this. So now yeah. this is my question. Yeah. Like, in summation, Bella Bella's okay right now. She is thriving. Yeah. I'm gonna even say. Yeah. Um, so congratulations like more, to like you guys, honestly. Okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah, more than okay. Thank so somebody so who spent 10 yeah. years bedside yeah. as the medicalized yeah. mom. What let's talk about you, Kai. What's happening for you now? What's next? Oh gosh. Well, I am I'm like a what do you call it? Like a chameleon. I'm always like moving and changing I am I'm adapting to change I feel like that is me that is you know that you asked me earlier like like who are you and I'm like oh who am I <laughs> how do I describe myself now I've always had to adapt I've always had to change um so for me I am I'm so happy that I can focus on my health in an easier way. I mean, of course I have my son, Waylon, and I have my daughter, Bella, but with Bella's medical needs, she would come first because I always had to jump and run. I was, I was, you know, my husband needed to, one of us had to keep a job. So I was the one to jump and run. And uh, so I have not put myself first for a long time and I'm still learning how to do that. And I feel like I have, I'm in a better place to do that now, um, physically and mentally. I am, I am able to do that now, which I'm really happy. Um, and you know, things are developing with our socials. Uh, of course we still have tons of fun making TikToks. Um, we have partnerships with children's hospitals and the Ronald McDonald house, which we are very thankful for. We're continuing partnerships and doing socials just for fun, telling our story, um, sharing our brave, and then for me, I'm branching off into keynote speaking. Um, so I ha I'm excited. I'm going to start sharing more of that this year. But 2024 is my year of like diving into uh, paid keynote speaking. And uh, I'm really excited to share more about that. So that's kind of like a just me new thing I'm learning and Good. doing. Yeah. Uh, I love that for you. I mean, if I were if I were yeah. gonna name your TED talk, it would be like resilient mofo. <laughs> like just resiliency, <laughs> right? Like you drop the ball, the ball comes up. You drop the ball, you just keep picking the ball up. Like you, you it yeah. hits the ground, it comes back, and then you have the ball. 
And now for the first time in a decade, the ball is yours and you don't need to hit yeah. the ground. Like where can you throw it? Right. Where am I going so to I'm excited to see for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to see where you throw yeah. it and where things land for you. Honestly, Kai, I'm so excited yeah. for you guys. Yeah. Um, so if there's one sort of message you want people to hear today in our summation, like what do you want people to know about you, about the story, about where you're at now? I'd love for you to just give us your final thoughts. Yeah. I, we are in a place of just my family together. We're in a place of such freedom. It's like, oh, it has opened a whole new door, a whole new world for us. Uh, we no longer have to plan about being under four separate roofs. We can now plan on doing things together as a family for fun because we want to, because we can. And I'm just excited what that means for my kids, what that means for my husband and I. And we are just ready to harness that and take that because it's, you know, it's, we haven't been able to do that in 10 years since Bella was born at all as a family. Yeah. We have, we have doors open for us. It's, it's like we've been locked away and now we are free of so much. Yeah. Freedom. Yeah. I love yeah. that for you. Oh my God. I'm like sending you all my positive energy and Yay! all of my like, Good juicy vibes because like I just want you to feel at ease and to wake up and not have fear and like, yeah. you know, regain a sense of your own identity in some way. And I'm excited for your 2024 and what comes for you, babe. I really am so excited for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, if you're not already following Bella Brave, please go and check them out on Instagram and TikTok. Um, and it's Kai, uh, K-Y-L-A, Kyla, C-T dot, C-T dot Bella Brave. Um, hilarious daily content. And we love you so much, guys. Please tell Bella. Mwah. Is she at school? No, yes. she's at home. Yeah, she's at school. She's at school. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that for her. <laughs> I love that. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Until next time. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Mom Halo podcast, I'd love your support by sharing it with others, posting about us on social, or leaving a really good rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the Mom Halo. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. We're recording today's podcast at the Collective Workspace in North York, voted one of the top 20 co-working and event spaces in Toronto by BlogTO for 2024. This gorgeous space is perfect for drop-in day passes, a long-term office suite with rentable boardrooms available on demand, and even an event space for your private and corporate event rentals. Check them out now at www.thecollectivetoe.com or on Insta at The Collective TO and book a tour.